0: I think a lot of people associate uh, dopamine with more like, like drugs, you know, say like cocaine or heroin, because dopamine is what really makes us have this addiction. And when we, when we talk about sugar addiction, I think it's really a flippant remark that people just say off the cuff. You know, I have a sugar addiction, but they don't really believe it. They just think they like sugar and they have these little cravings, but when we look at it closely, it's actually just the same as having a drug addiction, because it is what's called the downregulation of dopamine. This is the Diabetes Freedom Podcast, proudly brought to you by Purinutrients.com the Type 2 Diabetes Specialists. Here we discuss the latest science to treat, prevent and reverse Type 2 Diabetes naturally so you can reclaim your health for a long, healthy and happy life. Well, welcome back everybody to Diabetes Freedom. This is Episode 6. Pat Ridley, Suzanne Ridley, here at your
1: service. How are you going, Sue? I'm very well, thank you. Good morning to everybody.
0: Yeah. Um, This episode is, we're going to do it a bit differently because this is the first of a series of episodes. And we're going to be calling this the Crush Your Cravings series. And the first part to this, we're going to be looking at breaking up with sugar. Because, you know, when people talk about cravings, I think the big one is sugar cravings. And because we're talking about reversing diabetes, it makes sense to go here for the first one. Now, just want to say that this is one of the first ones we're recording for our YouTube channel. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, check out our YouTube channel, which we will call Diabetes Freedom. And vice versa, if you're watching us on YouTube, check out our podcast. Um, There are a few other episodes there. And also it's good if you're in the car or you're washing the dishes and you you need to actually just listen and not watch. Okay, so Suzanne, breaking up with sugar. What a challenge this is. So what's going on? Why are we having these sugar cravings?
1: Well, I think the, the thing is that sugar is so pervasive in our diets. You know, like it's very hard to avoid sugar unless you go back to a very, you know, a purely whole foods diet, which is what we would all love to do, but we do live in the real world, don't we, you know, and all the pressures of it. So, you know, to avoid it is very difficult, so it just makes its way into our diet. And unknowingly to us, it has effects in our brain. It has lots of effects throughout our whole body, but it actually has effects in the brain. So when you eat sugar, it gives you that dopamine reward. It's like, you know, alcohol, caffeine, tobacco, all of these, you know, they can be very uh, uh, pleasurable and you get used to having it and you seek it out often unknowingly. And so why is it important to break up with sugar? This has got to be our question. And when you realise the ill effects that sugar has on your body and the fact that type 2 diabetes or, you know, high blood sugar levels is directly related to sugar consumption. So, you know, the very essence of it is that we need to lessen. Ideally, we would get it out of our diet altogether, but absolutely work towards making it a minimal ingredient of our diet.
0: Yeah, and like in the first part, like when we're actively looking at reversing diabetes, reversing insulin resistance, then yeah, we need to drastically remove that sugar, and as we'll talk about uh, refine carbohydrates, because that will rebalance the system, like the, the the hormonal imbalance, and then after that's happened, yeah, it's definitely okay to having some sugar occasionally because we want to live our lives but as we will talk a little bit further on in this episode it does depend on the individual because some people have a higher propensity to being having that addictive quality to um, having that, that, that addiction to sugar and others not so much so some people go to the full extreme and say you just got to cut out sugar for the rest of your life Some people, you know what, maybe that is necessary. I'm not going to say it's not. But I think for most people, it's not um, a necessary extreme. So you can kind of have a deep breath um, of relief and go, it's okay. We're not going to be these, uh, you know, these, what, like a a food Nazi, like the soup Nazi in um, (laughs) Seinfeld. I'm not going to be doing that. Now you brought up a really good point about dopamine. So this is where we're going to focus right now because I think a lot of people associate uh, dopamine with more like, like drugs. You know, say like cocaine or heroin because dopamine is what really makes us have this addiction. And when we, when we talk about sugar addiction, I think it's really a flippant remark that people just say off the cuff. You know, I have a sugar addiction but they don't really believe it. They just think they like sugar and they have these little cravings. But when we look at it closely, it's actually just the same as having a drug addiction because it is what's called the downregulation of dopamine. So what dopamine is, people, people uh, call it the feel-good hormone. Or the pleasure hormone, because it makes us feel good. But really, the prime function of dopamine is to teach us what to do that is beneficial for survival. So really, it's the learning hormone. So if we think back to our ancestors who were the hunter gatherers, you know, they didn't have this big supply of food. So the brain needed to teach us what was good for our survival, and that's really the sweeter foods like fruit. So if we came across a bush of berries, we eat it, the brain gives us this reward. It says, these are good. They have lots of nutrients in them, and there's that sugar which we can use for our storage of energy, because the long winter ahead is coming up, and there won't be much food, So we need to eat as much of this as possible, feel good, now continue eating. Now what happens here is the brain will then send us little bits of dopamine when we start either thinking about the berries or there's um, a situation that is connected to those berries and then that makes us have this little bit of a craving so we seek out that food and then we survive. And we've done very well at it. So the brain, you know, the hunter-gatherer brain has been in existence for 2.6 million years. That's how long we have lived in the homo genus. But us now, currently, we've only lived like like 1% of that 2.6 million years, and we still have the hunter-gatherer brain inside us. And its whole purpose is to make us survive. So today we've got all these sugary foods but the brain does not know the difference between a handful of blueberries and a can of coke right so it just identifies the sweetness and it also knows the the denseness of calories it recognizes there's a lot of calories in this this is going to give me that energy and fatten me up and it doesn't care what we look like in our swimmers or our bathing suit it doesn't care that we look in the mirror and we feel down about the way we look it just cares about survival and so really in a nutshell this is what's going on but why are we talking about drugs because this is what happens with drugs when people have drugs stimulates dopamine and then it gives us cravings to have more but importantly what it will do is it down-regulates dopamine. So what that means is it gives us a lesser amount every time, which means we now need more. So people know this with drugs. They build a resistance to it. They need more cocaine to get the same hit. They need more heroin to get the same hit. But the same thing's happening with sugar. We need more of it and more of it, and the cravings become stronger and stronger. So this is how it works. But how do we stop that? It's a wheel that's spinning in, out of control. We need to stick a big stick in the spokes and stop it suddenly. How do we do that, Suzanne?
1: Well, that's a very good uh, question. I think one of the things I want to add to what you were saying, it was, you know, it was great what you were talking about, Patrick, but it's the availability these days. You know, when you talk about the hunter-gatherer, how often do these people actually come across fruit? Not, not very often. And that was, you know, fantastic. But what are we? We're surrounded by sugars. So it's the availability that is really getting to us, that we still have that hunter-gatherer brain programmed to very occasional availability. And now we have an overabundance of it. And that's such an issue because we're still, the brain has not developed to actually, to change to the circumstance that we're finding ourselves in this comes
0: back to our you know our method we talk we talk you might have heard about it before our what when and how method where you know the what is the type of food and then the when when we eat is so overlooked and you have just touched on it there that you know we're eating so much more than three times a day for most people and i wonder what our ancestors did i'm sure they weren't having their breakfast lunch and dinner routinely with snacks in between it probably didn't happen so we're not only being overexposed to insulin which is really the fundamental cause of diabetes but it's also impacting our cravings because we have this constant flow of sugar in the body and imagine what that's doing to our down regulation of dopamine so you know if you're only having it sparingly then this won't happen. There won't be that down regulation. So it's like if someone is partaking in drugs, say they smoke marijuana occasionally, now I'm not saying either that's good or bad, that's up to you, I'm just saying, if someone is doing that every couple of months or once a year, there's not gonna be a down regulation. But if they're doing it every day, you bet your bottom dollar, they will build that resistance and that's what's going on. There are other effects in the brain chemistry and stuff. I'm not going to go into that, but that's just an example. Now, I want to touch a little bit more on the drug analogy, though, because this is really important. You Say let's look at cocaine as an example. Where does cocaine come from? It comes from the cocoa leaf. But do you know that there are actually people who chew on that? And they chew on it because it gives them this tingly, uplifting feeling, the numbness in their, in their mouth. I've never done it, so I've been told. But importantly, they're not becoming addicted to the cocoa leaf. You know, and they might be chewing on it every day. Why is that? Because it's in its natural form. It's only when that's processed, refined, and there's that extraction, and we get that white powder cocaine, it's concentrated. When that's consumed there's a big punch in the brain where dopamine is released, okay? Now let's look at heroin, same deal. Heroin comes from the poppy, the poppy seed, the poppy flower, and if you ate a poppy seed, because they use it in cooking, right? You're not gonna become addicted to poppy seeds. You're not gonna get that big um, dopamine release and that downregulation of dopamine. It's only when it's then processed, refined, you get the heroin, the brown powder, And then that that addiction starts to take place. So let's then segue into sugar. Look at that. Sugar, where's that come from? It's naturally occurring. Fruit, vegetables, seeds, nuts, you know, or like the sugar cane. That's like one of the biggest places where they extract it from, right? If you were to chew on sugar cane, you're not going to become addicted to it, right? You're not going to become addicted to, you're not going to get this dopamine down regulation because you eat three pieces of of fruit a day. So you can see now it's that process quality when we start extracting it from these naturally occurring um, like foods and then it's concentrated. So really we should be calling these drug foods and I love to throw this stat around because it is really shocking. Sugar is hiding in 75% of your packaged foods. You go into a supermarket and it is practically impossible To not have sugar, if you are buying all these packaged foods, as you did, for most people, I would say packaged food is the is kind of the majority of their of their shopping list. Are you shocked, Suzanne?
1: (laughs) Oh, I know that that is the correct statistic, and I also know the other statistic is that the average American, Australian, people from you know various developed countries that they're consuming. Nineteen teaspoons of sugar a day. Just think about that. Go and get an, a, a teaspoon. Go and put nineteen teaspoons into a glass, and just see how much that is. The sugar industry wants you to be doing that. They actively campaign to try to um, try to, to steer you away from the fact that sugar is detrimental to your health.
0: And, again, because we've only been living this way, like the Western modern-day food we're eating is like 100 years old. So it's the brain, bad. the brain, 2.6 million years old, it's had a long time to get very good at making you want that type of food. It has no idea. It hasn't adapted.
1: No, that's right. But also you know, you've only got to look at times when sugar was restricted. If you go to the uh, World War, when when sugar was uh, an, an absolute, you know, very difficult to find. It was meted out to people. And in that time, people's health, diabetes, was not around much. Their health actually improved as far as that, that, that went. You know, that's self-evident, isn't it? And I think now we've
0: established... I mean, we don't have to say that sugar is bad for us. I think that's pretty much, I mean, the the sugar industry did a very good job of creating a smoke screen and they pointed the finger at fat, saturated fat. And if you're interested in that, click one of our other videos or listen to our podcast about that because we go in, in depth about how that happened. But they did a very good good job of doing that, but it's caught up to them. And I'd say you know, 99.9% of the population know that you know, adding sugar is bad, right? So we understand that. But what about flour? Because this gives us those cravings too. Some people actually say, like for me, for instance, I never had a sugar craving. I could always, you know, like a chocolate bar or whatever, I could take it or leave it. It never really interested me. Maybe as a kid, I liked when I went to Poppy's house, he might give me some lollies. And I remember seeing the look in your face, (laughs) going, oh my God. And Poppy would be be laughing because, you know, he wanted to spoil his grandkids. And that was an awesome experience, of course. But I was never interested in it, really. It was more those refined carby foods that I had a real addiction for. When I was working, I was working at a bridge climb in Sydney, although I was active climbing up and down the bridge all day long, I was literally eating fast food three times a day. I would go and have the, you know, the breakfast before work. I would go out and have something at lunchtime and then I'd get takeaway again. I was craving it, you know? and I was, I, was, I was about 100. Well, actually, at that point, I wasn't 100, but I did get to just over 100 kilos. I don't know. What's that in pounds? I'm not sure for our oh, American. No,
1: I'm not in pounds. Well, it's 2.2 2 pounds to a kilo, so about 220 pounds.
0: Is it? Yeah. I'll have to become more versed in the
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. mm.
0: added to the kilo to pound equation. thing. Um, but, yeah, but yeah like I was addicted to the carbs, right? So how does that work? It's really the same thing.
1: Yes. Yeah, right.
0: I was listening to uh, Dr. Vera Tarman. She's a Canadian lady. So she specializes with addiction. What's important here is her center in Canada, she does drug addiction and food addiction. So she's a, she's a real big authority on this topic. And um, her, you can check out her, I, I, her book on audible.com is called Food Junkies. Oh. It's pretty, pretty in your face, right? It's like Food Junkies
1: because
0: she's making that connection. And if anybody can speak on it, she can because she treats both drugs and food. And she's saying, yes, sugar acts like a drug, but she also says that it's these carby foods too and it acts on dopamine. So, you know, and if we look at really like why, like what's going on, like why are we becoming so addicted to the carbs? Well, I think it has a lot to do with these high glycemic index foods, the ones that break down to blood glucose really quickly, really rapidly, and they're not natural either. We didn't have these bagels um, you know, on trees where you just go up and pick a bagel. We did, it went pizzerias and fast food chains. So these foods, rapidly break down to blood glucose and the body goes, whoa, this is really good for storing energy. This is awesome. Yeah, and, it, and it rewards us.
1: So a good point there, Patrick. So we need to look at, when you're saying carby foods, you're talking about processed carbohydrate foods. Because, you know, there have been lots of societies that have survived on very high carbohydrate diets and have very low incidence of um, of, uh, diabetes and cardiovascular disease. So we look at the Okinawans, the, um, the people from uh, Katawa Islands. And these people have very high carbohydrate diets. A lot of it with the Okinawans, it's a lot of uh, pu- purple sweet potatoes. But the essence of the, why don't they get di- become di- di- diabetic? And it's because they are not processed. So they have a lot of fiber and a lot of nutrients in with those carbohydrates. They break down far more slow, slowly the fibre actually slows down the absorption of glucose so the glycemic response is much lower. It's, it's what you were talking about, the carby type, highly processed foods that are so per- pervasive in our diet. You were talking about breads, donuts, cakes, you know, we could go on and on, um, potato chips, all of that, you know. And the double
0: whammy there is they have sugar added too. So, you know, you're not just Giant. getting it. Yeah. So they've got added sugar and that's sending out. It's dopamine. <clears throat> and as we talk in other episodes, um, the, the, the hidden sugar is one of the biggest culprits because that's attacking the liver as well. So that's really going to kick off your insulin resistance and diabetes. And you know what? Some people who don't even become diabetic still become largely um, overweight, have these uh, sugar cravings, and they can still develop cardiovascular disease. They can still have strokes. They can still have all these things. They may not be diabetic or they may be and they're walking around they don't even know it. And at the end of the day, this is what we want. We want to um, drastically minimize our risk of having a life-threatening disease like cardiovascular disease because it is the biggest killer on the planet. And it really goes hand in hand with type 2 diabetes. So when we talked at the very beginning of this, why is this important? Well, this is why. Because if you ask anybody, nobody wants to have you know, a heart attack or a stroke. Everybody wants to live as long and as healthily as possible with their kids and their grandkids. And this is what it's about. If you're listening here, I'm sure that's how you feel. So Suzanne and I, we're going to help you. So... Now we've talked about how this happens. How do we remove these cravings?
1: Well, that's, a, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> and it has to be to try. You have to start eliminating sugar out of your diet. You know, there's no way around that, I'm sorry. Um, you know, and I think recognising the problem, starting to read labels, look at what you're buying at the supermarket. Just don't have those foods in the house. That's what I do. Patrick will tell you when he grew up, there was very little sugar in our house. I just didn't have that type of food in the pantry. So then when you go, oh, I really like a nice something after dinner, well, you go to the pantry, it just isn't there. So that's the place to start, to start being aware, to start realising, recognising those cravings for what they are, And to start, you know, even if it, look, it might take you a little while. We're not saying tomorrow, no sugar at all. That would be, I'd love you to do that. But the reality of life is that some of you will struggle with that and that's fine. But to start recognising what is a whole food? What is a processed food? What is the nutritional value? Where are my sugars being hidden in here? How is it affecting my blood glucose level? So you can be aware of ways that you're going to be improving your health.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The first step is education. So, and that's that's what, you know, you're listening right now, you're you're already on the path. So no matter, you know, even if you've just started, you're already taking that first step. The first step, 100% is education because with all the misinformation out there, you can get lost, you can go on a completely different path. And sure, you, know, you might get a little bit of results, but you may find yourself being one of the, I don't know how many, I'd say it's the vast majority, who stay trapped and chained to diabetes, diabetes medication. Yeah, sure, they might lose a little bit of weight, but they're still carrying a bit around them. Yeah, and what does that mean for their self-esteem? They still have, you know, um, like poor health. Like they can still have cardiovascular disease. And you, know, you, being a pharmacist, Suzanne, you would know some of the implications with um, you know, having like drugs all the time. There's side effects, right?
1: There's definitely side effects, but it's not just that. Drugs do not change the the progress of type two diabetes. It's been shown they don't. They don't. They might improve your blood sugar levels. But underneath that, the process is still going on. And once you uh, become a type 2 diabetic, it affects every organ in your body. Your cardiovascular risk increases. You know, um, we've been told by, um, by authorities like Doc, Doc, Dr. Pearl Mutter that over 50% of um, type 2 diabetics will develop Alzheimer's. That's a terrible statistic. It's one of the great fears of becoming old. You know, so if you don't get taken by stroke, you'll end up with Alzheimer's disease.
0: On one of our other episodes, we, we talk about it being labelled as type 3 diabetes.
1: Definitely. And it's not recognised in the mainstream medical um, community. And yet I'm seeing every day, I'm seeing my type 2 diabetic patients who have gone from metformin onto other medications, ultimately insulin, and and as they get older, the number of them who I find get dementia. It's really sad to see. And the thing is that it is preventable, that you can take control, whether you are pre-diabetic, you may not even be diabetic, you might be just interested in not going down that path or you already have established diabetes. You can still take control of your health. You can still make a big change in your life and the way your life, your health is heading. Yeah, absolutely. I
0: don't think anybody should be discouraged by oh. you know, how long they've had type two diabetes because you know we have assisted people over the line that have had diabetes over ten years. So if if people like that can do it, then you can too. And it shouldn't be seen as, oh I must reverse diabetes no it should be how much how much healthier can i become how much can i prevent something bad happening like a stroke or a heart attack or having like an amputation of a limb because i know many of your clients that you deal in the farm in pharmacy Mm -hmm. have had that happen to them suzanne so you've seen how awful that can be this is the sort of stuff we want to remind ourselves of Okay, So you know, we don't want to make it like a fear mongering thing, but we, we still need to keep one foot in reality and say, this could be your future if, if you don't take the bull by the horns and start implementing some simple and enjoyable lifestyle changes. And this is now what we're going to start talking about. So step one, education. We're doing that now. Step two is become inspired. Believe in yourself because it can be done. Look at other people. Look at some of the authorities in this space. You know, there are you know some really good doctors out there who are speaking about it. There are TED Talks, all sorts of stuff. There are peer-reviewed studies. Professor Roy Taylor from Newcastle University. Look no further than him. This He is a legend. I'm going to get a painting of this guy and putting him up on my wall because he's awesome. He is doing the hard work so people can have that that confidence because as i always say we can say whatever we want we can say yeah this is what 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 success people have had but you never truly know until you walk that path yourself but when you look at the studies the peer reviewed studies then that should put your mind at ease and say okay i'm going to give it a good crack because you know this guy's a professor his whole reputation is on the line so you know you know that it's legit Okay, so step two, become inspired and then you start taking action and your inspiration, your motivation will snowball. It will increase perpetually when you start walking that path because I guarantee you will get results and you'll start feeling better. You'll start looking better. People will comment on how much weight you're losing. You'll have a a more, more quality of life. Your sleep will improve. Your stress will improve. All of these things. So to actually start taking action, you really need a plan. So my specialty here is helping people plan out their day and making sure that they reflect on the times that they were challenged and perhaps they, they caved into those sugar cravings. And that's okay because it's going to happen at some point. But what we do need to do is not give up, not beat ourselves up, and not identify as somebody who fails diets. Somebody else you want to identify as somebody who is open to making errors, and a trial and error experience, and giving it a crack, and reminding yourself of why you want to do this. Do you have children? Do you have grandchildren? Do you have a partner? Do you have friends? Do you have a dog or a cat? There's So many reasons that you might want to live longer and be healthier. I would suggest you need to start reminding yourself that these things on a daily basis. You wake up in the morning, you step into that, feel the emotions associated, and this is going to be your rock. This is going to be your driving force because when something happens and you do eat a packet of chips or you eat some ice cream and then you test your blood sugar levels and they've spiked, this is the time when you're going to go, it's okay. Patrick said it's okay. He gave me permission to make mistakes and then go straight back to why. Why is this important? And then get back on the bike and start riding again because that's what's going to happen. Let's face it. So I'm telling you it's okay to make mistakes, but you need a plan. So if you've listened to any of my other stuff, you need to get a food diary. That's what I. You'd think I have a food diary um, business or something where I'm selling books because I say it all the time. Why do I say it? Because it works. It's not fun. It's not exciting. It's not sexy, but it works. So you need it. You need to have a a diary where you document and plan your meals ahead of time, and then you tick them off, and if you maybe didn't eat that and you ate something else, then you need to write in there, why? What happened? What triggered me? What emotions did I feel? What thoughts were, were, were I thinking? And then we can reverse engineer our success ahead of time, and you watch, you'll get better at overcoming those individual situations. Mm-hmm. And this is what we what we teach inside our membership. So if you want more support with that, check that out. We have a diabetes recovery program. So this is our Diabetes Freedom membership. Um, you can you can reach out to us on our uh, email. So you can check me out, Patrick at puranutrients.com. Make sure that's P-U-R-A-Nutrients.com. Or you can just go to our go to website and website, check out what we have. We also have uh Suzanne's book that's on Amazon, Diabetes Freedom, the Fast Diabetes Solution. There's a lot of content there for you. And you know what? If you don't choose to come with us, then that's completely fine. We we just want to touch as many people's lives as possible. But hopefully you like what we have to say and you'd like to come in and be part of our pure nutrients family cuz Suzanne's awesome I'm not too bad let's put it let's let's say that <laughs> and yeah and we want to build up a nice family where everybody is supporting each other and hey you might be one of the people that you want to work behind the scenes you might not want to be inside the facebook facebook group posting all the time you don't have to because we have lots of video training that you can just watch on your own and you can even email us privately and we can give you that one-on-one support. That's what we do for our clients. We go all that way. Some people don't. They just go on their Facebook group and just comment here and there. We answer all our emails. So if you have a problem or a question, you can email us and it could be completely confidential and we'll help you. What do you reckon, Suzanne?
1: I think so. I think, I hope you're inspired. I hope you know I just love to see people get, you know, come on board and and embrace the kind of knowledge, get the power. Take control of things. You can do it, you know? It's a process. And like I'm not I'm not going to pretend it's, it's um it's an overnight success if you've had diabetes for a while, it's going to take time because you've got a lot of insulin resistance, but there's no time like better than the present to start. And the interesting part is too that, that you'll see improvements in your diabetes before you'll even lose a lot of weight.
0: And you'll save money. I mean, medication. In the US, they pay a lot of money.
1: I know there were people, people were driving into Canada to buy their insulin. Patrick, Patrick, people have been dying in the United States. Type 1 diabetics who who have not been able to afford their insulin. I saw a program on the television. It was disgusting. Honestly, it broke my heart to see this. Because type 1 diabetics, you have to have insulin to survive. Your pancreas is not making insulin. And these people could not afford insulin. It was just awful. I mean, this in Australia, we're extremely fortunate to have it heavily sub- subsidised, but nonetheless, it still costs money. Uh, it still costs money, but uh, you know, it's—I don't know—it's hard to understand.
0: Well, I think we'll have We'll have another video on here or another episode on our podcast specifically about medication because this is what this is what you, you do. You're a pharmacist for forty years. I would I would be confident to say you know what you're talking about with medication and and um, I think it would be good to have a, you know, a podcast episode just about this so people get their head around maybe how to come off it slowly and safely with their with their doctor because some people on medication definitely don't want to just go cold turkey if you're implementing some of these strategies like intermittent fasting and things like that. But I'll just leave that, that's an open loop for you to go and check that out. Um, But the next episode in this series, the Crush Your Cravings series, will be about leptin resistance. Because this is really another type of craving. Today we've talked about sugar and carb cravings. But the leptin resistance creates this hunger, this insatiable hunger. It's always in the background. And some people have this. So we're gonna deep dive into that. And we look forward to speaking to you then. Or reach out to us beforehand, whatever you whatever you like. We're always open to any questions. And you know, give us your success stories. We'd love to hear that because it makes other people more confident hearing
1: independent people saying, hey, look what I've done. Cool. Absolutely. All the best to everybody. (laughs) Yeah. See everybody. Okay. Bye now. This is the Diabetes
0: Freedom Podcast, proudly brought to you by Purinutrients.com, the type 2 diabetes specialists. Here we discuss the latest science to treat, prevent and reverse type 2 diabetes naturally so you can reclaim
1: your health for a long, healthy and happy life.